Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I read from the New Revised Standard Version. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed this star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for us this morning. So let's get all the cliches about this scripture out in the first couple of minutes and have them out in the open. The first thing is, yes, there is a theme of following where God leads you throughout the whole scripture. You've heard that before. Yes, the star represents God's direction and announcement of his plans. And yes, the heading on this section is wise men, even though they didn't really know where they were going. What makes us wise, then, is the question. What makes us wise according to the world, but what makes us wise according to God? And where is the difference? In the most basic forms, this scripture is really about men stopping to ask for directions. I mean, if you think about it, the whole story is about their stopping for directions. In Matthew, God does not reveal things to the people that are normally the wise and the intelligent. He doesn't reveal things to the ones that are in power necessarily or the ones that supposedly have it all figured out. In Matthew, often the revelation comes to those who are not even expecting it. And a lot of times people who are outside of the group. When you think about the fact that it took men from the east coming to the area to tell the locals that their king had been born, that kind of tells you something, doesn't it? Because they didn't know. 
Now, when the wise men showed up at Herod's palace, we, we hear the story that Herod didn't know about a king being born because he was the king. And he's going, oh, wait, 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 I'm the king. What do you mean a king has been born? And he had to scramble and ask others about this supposed king of the Jews. You see, this story is a little deceiving because when we think about the story, we think about the story of the three kings. But there's really only two kings in this story. Did you know that? Only two. Herod and Jesus. An evil king and a righteous king. A king that was in power and a vulnerable king as a child. A king who came to bring mercy versus a king who was ruthless and downright mean. And they came and they asked Herod, where is the king of the Jews? For we watched his star appear and we've been following all this way. What did Herod do? He did not Google it. He asked, he asked his advisors, he asked the chief priests, he asked the scribes, hey, you all know anything about a king being born? And you know, they immediately had the answer. Oh yeah, we have scripture that says that he will be born in Bethlehem. We know exactly that scripture. They told them right away they knew. Yet they had not been paying attention to it because Jesus had already been born. They had missed it. How many things do we miss every single day that are going on around us and we don't know about them or we're just not paying attention? How many of you know when the last meteor shower was? Lunar eclipse? Full moon? I mean, stuff is happening all the time, right? And we don't always pay attention to those things. If it wasn't for Facebook, most of us would miss each other's birthdays. But the reality is that stuff is going on all the time. God was doing a mighty and great thing, and the people there did not know about it. They knew the scripture. They had the wisdom according to men. They had the intelligence of knowing and studying the word. And yet, when the signs presented themselves, they missed it. They didn't see it at all. And it took men from the east, outsiders, foreigners, to come in and let them know that their king had been born. We call them the three kings, but they really weren't kings, were they? The scripture word that is used is actually magi, from the word magician, from the root word for astronomy back in the ancient times. The people that studied the heavens were almost considered magicians because they read the heavens to determine things. They looked at the stars and the the different formations, and they read there what was happening. And they looked at these things to be able to predict things that would come. Now, whenever we have an alignment of planets, people begin to say that the end of the world is near. Anybody know that? 
Because they see in it what? A sign of something to come. It's, it's something spectacular and unpredicted. And they look at it as maybe something great is about to happen. And this is how the star appeared. And, and they saw it as a sign. And so they came following it. And they were doing great until they got to the region where Jesus was born. And they were looking for a king. So where do you go look for a king? To the palace. You go to where kings live. You see, in their mind, the king they were looking for would be in a golden crib with some plush pillows and servants all around taking care of it. Does that sound like your Christmas story? Not at all, does it? Jesus came to defy those notions of who the king would be. He came to be a servant king, one that would give himself for the people, one that would protect the innocent and help those who were lost. So once they were told where the king was born, they left Herod to go find him. He told them to go diligently. Now, when you think about this, and you realize that they showed up at the king's house, and the king had no idea where this baby was born, that should have clued them in that something was up. If you go into somebody's house and say, where's your baby? And they go, I don't have a baby. That kind of sets the tone for things. Yet they left, and they followed the star. And I often wonder what made them stop at the palace in the first place to ask for directions. They had a star, folks. They were following. They had direction. Did they just get impatient? They wanted to get there quicker, so they stopped to ask at the palace, because you know, we know men don't ask for directions. So what made them stop? I think sometimes we get impatient because we want to get to our destination and we start looking for direction in the wrong places. Have you ever asked a friend for advice and gotten terrible advice? They steered you in the wrong way. Sometimes well-meaning, but they gave you bad advice. These kings, these magi, stopped at the king's house looking for direction. He wasn't looking to give them direction. He was looking to get information so he could kill Jesus. How many times have we taken a wrong turn in life and had to turn around and fix our ways? You know, now we have Google Maps. So whenever we make a wrong turn, what does it do? Reroutes tells you, turn around. I always feel like it's calling me a moron. Turn around. You're going the wrong way. But isn't that, in essence, what God does with us all the time? Whenever we take a wrong turn, God basically says, not that way, this way. Come on, you got to change your way. And God has such an ability to direct us in our lives that even when we go down a dead end, God is able to make a way for us to get back to where we need to go. And it's almost miraculous how that happens because we don't understand it. 
But how many times have we taken a long detour because we just didn't follow the right directions? When we were headed down to Florida, we thought we were about 30 minutes out from the place where we were going to have the dinner with our family for my dad's retirement and all that. And we were excited because we were only 30 minutes away and 30 minutes late. So we thought, we're good. Latino time, that's about right on time. So we're, we're going to be good. And so I texted them and said, we're about 30 minutes out. And then we realized that we had put the place where we were going to stay into the GPS and not the place where we were going to eat. When you put in the wrong destination, you'll take the wrong route. When you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up lost. And the reality is that so often we can't find a way to get to where we're going because we're trying to do it ourselves. You know, one of the great things is that when I put in Google Maps that I wanted to go to Puerto Rico for a mission trip, it said, can't find the way there. said, you can't drive there, it's not possible, you can't make it there. But when Google Maps tells me I can't, God says I can. And we went on a mission trip to Puerto Rico and did mission work there. Because God is a God who is able to make a way where there is no way. He's able to open a route where there is no route. And one of the beauties of God's grace is that no matter how far away I get from where I need to be, God is able to make a way back to where he wants me to be. God is able to bring me from wherever I've gotten lost to the place where he wants me to be. The problem is we always want to know all of God's plans and the whole route. You know, we've gotten spoiled by Google where you can preview your, your route and see every single turn. But when it comes to God... He gives you the next turn. That's it. So often he just tells you, head south, head west, head east. When you get there and you got a turn, I'll let you know. We don't like that. We like to know where we're going to turn. We like to know how we're going to pay our bills. We like to know how we're going to solve the problem. We like to know how we're going to deal with the illness. We like to know how we're going to get our family to get along. We like to know how we're going to explain things to our children that are difficult. But God often says, trust me, I'll get you there. But he doesn't always show you the whole thing. Sometimes all we have is the information for the next turn. And I imagine those magi traveling to find Jesus and having to stop every so often and wait for that star to shine again to know which direction they were going next. And isn't that a great example of how we need to live our lives? That at every point of the way, when we need direction and advice, instead of looking for it in all the wrong places, we turn to God and say, God, which way? What do I need to do right now? Where do I need to go? God always makes a way for us every single day. 
And so often we don't even realize all that God has done to put things in place so that we can actually make it to where he wants us to go. But God is working overtime all the time to direct us in our path. I have a little prayer that I found that I want us to pray today as we begin the new year because basically every time we begin a new year, we hear about all the New Year's resolutions and plans for the year. What would happen if we, in, we commended our walk to God in this simple prayer and we meant it? If we really trusted him to light our way and to direct our steps and to be the one that helps us and advises us to where we need to go. And so today, as we open the altar, I'm going to invite you first to say this prayer with me. That you pray it, but don't just read it. Pray it from your heart. Think about what it means to really do it. And commend yourself to God during this year. Let's pray it together. Dear God, in your strong hands I place my life today, choosing to depend on you to light and guide my way. Amen. The altar is going to be open as we continue worship and praise. If you are seeking direction and you feel like you've been lost or wandering, if you've taken one too many detours and you're ready to get back to where God needs you to be, the altar is open. Seek him today. Ask him for direction. Let him guide your steps.